Hi everyone. I understand that this is your first podcast. I also understand that this uh, is going to be aired on Teachers Day. Now this year's Teachers Day carries a special momentum as you all know. Trapped inside the COVID paradigm, teachers and learners we are reinventing ourselves radically. We don't see each other anymore. We transact through avatars, profile pics, statuses, video call face images and so on and so forth. I miss my classes terribly. I miss being with my students, looking into their collective gaze. You know when you enter the classroom, it's not like one person is looking at you. It's like the entire group is looking at you and you're looking back into a collective gaze. It it, it it's like a you know uh, it, it it's 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 nothing like the online communication where you will be looking into a screen and you will find people split up into different windows and you will look into each windows and perhaps try to balance your gaze and your you know communication between two different windows that is not how it happens when you enter a classroom right so well i i i miss that i miss that particular feeling of uh, walking into a class and having people look at you and then talk into that look Ever since I started teaching that is around 15 years now one and a half decade through this uh, rather turbulent period of teaching things have changed syllabi have changed the way people respond to this idea namely literature that has changed the way i look at literature that also have come to you know that also has come to change in 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 the recent few years i don't think i'm reading literature like i read literature when i was a student so i i am i'm trying to uh, you know in 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 this podcast i'm trying to talk to you about how through the uh, you know past few years things have come to change and maybe i'll also concentrate on i'll also try to think about how we need to look at literature with a uh, with an altered perspective standing in 2020 we need to look at this field that we are trying to grapple with this whole idea this whole discourse that we are dealing with we need to look at it with a, a more informed perspective and and this is my humble attempt towards uh, that particular objective now i have often wondered what holds a class of literature together what uh, precisely does this title word literature mean to us you know we people who spend countless hours of our lives transacting it learning it discussing it writing about it writing it okay what would the word uh, the field literature mean to a so called bright student in the class what would it mean to you know uh, uh, an underachiever do we look at the field dynamics of this discourse as closely as we should has this field been contextualized enough has the historicization of english literature informed our transaction of it in the classroom i'm sure you might all have thought of these questions at leisure and maybe you know these questions might have occurred to you uh, you know as a by the way idea in your in your in your leisure but right now when we find ourselves transacting literature through cyber portals i guess the loss of human element in this whole business that should implore us to take these questions uh, a little more seriously
literature and its essential models have uh, become less and less relevant for the contemporary society at large you know uh, let's accept it starting from the oft quoted uh, uh, census survey of uh, 2002 which was conducted in us of course uh, we have several databases that document how internationally people that is states nations whole communities races civilizations even you know you know these people are moving away from reading literature people are not interested in literature anymore the 2004 national endowment for the arts again a us survey they collected responses from more than 17000 adults as to whether they read any novels short stories poetry or plays in their leisure time the nea noted that uh, 45% read fiction 12% read poetry and a mere 4% read a play during their leisure time these findings and other such were published together as a book that book was called you know 2004 book was called reading at risk okay a survey of literary reading this book was taken very seriously by the us university heads the chair of poetry at uh, harvard marjorie garber she found this data to be alarming to quote garber the data showed an alarming decline of reading in all age groups and especially among 18 to 24 year olds the nea as such the national endowment for arts as such they termed the result uh, you know to be an indication of a national crisis i'm quote, quoting from the, the that report the nea as such termed the results to be an indication of a national crisis one that reflected a general collapse in advanced literacy and a loss that impoverishes both cultural and civic life now what implication does it basically hold for us i understand that this is a survey that was conducted in us but it doesn't mean that it it has no implication for us here in india i mean we of course have not conducted any survey on on how much of our population is still interested in reading literature no such surveys have been you know run in india like uh, maybe we know only too well that you know such a survey would would produce disastrous results for our our, our hopes for you know uh, the full future of uh, literature you know the, the kind of literacy rate that we have in india is not very uh, propitious it it's not like you know the kind of uh, literary readers that we have in india the population of literary readers in india will not stand anywhere near the kind of population that they had in us a few decades back well in this population i do believe that there has been a decline that uh, you know the nea kind of survey Uh, has uh, you know produced that kind of result that they have come out with we will also see such a result such a setback in 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 the number of people who who read literature we also do suffer from such a such a setback you know what we do in our classes you know when we teach in our classes when we take up a syllabi and and try to plod through it cover the syllabus as 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 this as the usual turn of the phrase goes when we cover the syllabus when we wade through the syllabi when we try to transact a certain syllabi to you through the classes what exactly are we hoping 
what exactly are we trying to do i believe the exercise that we do in our classes should be termed i mean we know we should perhaps call it as as an exercise towards a uh, advanced literacy the students of a literature classroom are not defined by their ability to read and write well that is their literacy literacy is not the common denominator that should bring together the students of a literature classroom it's more than that you know there are other purposes higher purposes a training in literature should impart to you something more than mere skill in literacy your ability to read and write well your ability to speak and and listen more acutely more perfectly more cleverly well those are not the intentions that we have when we sit through a, a literature classroom the literature classroom is different the purposes are different as i was trying to tell you when you read fiction you, know, you don't read it like an amateur you know the 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 training that you receive the history of literary criticism the university context the context of an interpretative community around you you know these things among others should change the way you read fiction poetry or plays or prose for that matter in fact uh, you know you you guys are in people who are 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 you know who merely read literature or write it you are people who have who 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 have something different i mean to use a phrase that is now archaic or now that my you know that that phrase might now sound old you are people who have literature i mean that usage is 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 no more in currency but you know it, it it's not a usage that uh, that will not strike a bell uh, to teachers who have been teaching literature for long you must have read this in different contexts trust me history always had much respect for this category of people who dealt with literature and this 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 brand of people who had literature let me invite your attention to uh, dr johnson's uh, essay on milton the person and the poet okay uh, he 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 i'm i'm quoting from dr johnson dr samuel johnson samuel johnson says regarding milton he had probably more than common literature his literature was unquestionably great he read all the languages which are considered either learned or polite now i'll 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 invite your attention to the first part of this comment he had probably more than common literature you see he had literature his literature was unquestionably great well you know that sentence doesn't mean that this person's literature i mean his literature doesn't mean the literature that milton wrote his literature here refers to a quality that this person had you know this is you know see johnson is not talking about literature that milton wrote as i have been trying to tell you it's about a certain quality in that personality he had literature it was quite common before the 20th century for people to say that uh, uh, you know somebody had literature it, it's not just samuel johnson okay you know look at maria edgeworth for that matter maria edgeworth must be again a familiar name to you people who read women's writing she is one of the you know key words when key 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 uh, uh, 
persons she's one of the key persons in key figures in the history of uh, women's writing and uh, a comment that she makes you know in 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 19th century she makes a comment uh, about a modern woman her idea of a modern woman goes like this maria edgeworth would say uh, that uh, a modern woman is a woman of uh, considerable information and literature so you know in in by the end of 19th century the idea of a modern woman would be somebody with uh, considerable information and literature now having considerable information and literature so having it it's it's a property you know even in the beginning of uh, 20th century people could say that a person has literature it's not like a person reads literature not like not like a person writes literature a person has literature my point is in our classes through our classes the syllabi that we transact the interactions that we have with each other the debates that we you know have with each other we are trying to move towards advanced literacy and advanced literacy is a stage where you don't write or read literature but you have literature literature is a possession it is a personality trait and that is what makes this whole exercise of teaching literature or learning it a tad different from other contemporary university events northrop fry would discuss this in his anatomy of criticism published in 1957 fry a canadian critic would uh, discuss this idea of teaching literature you know his uh, uh, point is, is is rather interesting he would say you know uh, he he compares the teaching of literature with the teaching of science subjects he observes that uh, one does not teach nature but teaches natural sciences he shows how physics can be taught or chemistry can be taught because they are organized bodies of knowledge and nature from which all these you know branches of science are being derived that nature cannot be taught did you get that physics because it is a an organized body of knowledge it can be taught chemistry because it is an organized body of knowledge it can be taught nature which is the source of all this knowledge is that cannot be taught you cannot be a graduate in nature you can be a graduate in physics you can be a graduate in chemistry now physics organizes certain rules of you know natural events so it is possible for you to teach or learn it likewise chemistry likewise mathematics likewise zoology or botany but nature as such is beyond it now fry would say in the uh, uh, same manner literature which is an unorganized body of things events and experiences cannot be taught now does that strike an ironic not well you know literature cannot be taught because literature is an unorganized body of things events and experiences what we teach and learn is essentially literary criticism even when we take a text to the class when i take a poem to the class i am not teaching the poem to them the poem is like nature literature is like nature they rhyme right well literature is like nature you cannot teach literature you can only teach literary criticism well it is just a way of uh, you know looking at the whole issue it's, it's not like you have to take it uh, for granted you know fry is trying to put put across a point he is trying to make a, a a point that literature is beyond 
you know the grasp of one teacher or one student it it has surplus of meaning it is unorganized and 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 and, and it, it's it's plenitude is not something that you can reduce to you know classroom dynamics that's what he basically tries to say literary criticism on the other hand it it in my politics as a teacher as a person my politics as a student you must be having your own politics your own personality your own past your own history your own perspectives well your perspective your politics your information your way of understanding the world all these will go into making you a more informed literary personality in fry's terminology you would be a literary critic like how any teacher of yours is a literary critic a teacher of literature is in a way a literary critic a good literary critic or a bad literary critic a regressive literary critic a progressive literary critic a marxist or non marxist feminist or non feminist dalit or non dalit depends on the teacher depends on the text depends on the way the transaction happens depends also on the way the students receive it but as i was trying to tell you this transaction that we have of literature in the classroom it's not like literature read by amateurs literature read by people outside the classroom we in our classrooms are not learning literature we are not reading literature we are not writing literature we are not discussing literature we are having literature we are adding it to our personality supplying literature with our perspective supplying literature with our politics using our politics our perspectives our identity our convictions the revelations that we have had in several phases of our life when we put all those things into the text that we are teaching we are having literature we are moving towards advanced literacy and this is an important point and uh, well this is where i would basically conclude this uh, you know short podcast of mine i'd say next time when you pick up a book next time when you sit with a teacher next time when you attend the class of literature please carry this in mind that uh, you are not reading or writing or listening to a lecture you're basically on the way to possessing literature your personality is being molded by the subject that is being transacted to you you're accepting it not through your ears but through the minds the perspectives the politics things experiences revelations convictions that makes you you that goes into the learning of literature and best of luck with that best of luck in having literature be modern women with uh, enormous information and abundant literature all the best thank you